You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. As we continue our journey into examining the personal character and the personal akhlaq of the Holy Prophet we start our discussion tonight by getting a glimpse of how the Prophet would deal with a disrespectful person. There is a narration from Imam al-Sadiq in which the Imam states, مَرَّتْ بِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ إِمْرَأَةٌ بَذِيَّةٌ A woman who is not respectful, who is known for using foul language, bad-mouthed woman, bad-mouthed woman. She passed by the Prophet while the Prophet was sitting and eating. فَقَالَتْ يَا مُحَمَّدٍ إِنَّكَ لَتَأْكُلُ أَكْلَ الْعَبْدِ وَتَجْلُسُ جُلُوسَ She told him, you Muhammad, you are eating the way that slaves eat and you sit the way slaves sit. She she tried to insult the Prophet The Prophet told her, The Prophet told her, woe unto you. Which slave is greater in being a slave than me? Which slave is more than a slave than me? More of a slave than me? Yes, I am a slave. I am a slave to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who's more a slave than me? See, she wanted to insult the Prophet. She wanted to disrespect the Prophet, but the Prophet turned it around. And he actually declared his pride in being a slave to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then she told him, okay, then give me that bite that you're eating from. So the Prophet he took some food and he gave it to her. She said, no, no, I want the bite that you're eating from your mouth, that very bite that you're eating. So the Prophet he gave her that bite, she took it and she ate it. Al-Imam al-Sadiq comments here, He says, this lady was never struck with an illness until she died because of the barakah of this food touching the blessed mouth of the Holy Prophet So we find that the Prophet was not rough with those who would disrespect him. The Prophet was also very sensitive in protecting the dignity of people in society. Ibn Mas'ud narrates, he says, قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَعَلَيْهِ لَا يُبَلِّغُنِي أَحَدٌ مِنْكُمْ عَنْ أَصْحَابِي شَيْئًا فَإِنِّي أُحِبُّ أَنْ أَخْرُجَ إِلَيْكُمْ وَأَنَا سَلِيمُ الصَّدِّ The Prophet says, when you hear negative things about some of my companions, they've said something negative, they've done something negative, then don't come and tell me because naturally when you hear negative things about someone, you cannot help but develop hatred or dislike towards that person. It's just not in your hands. 
right? Someone comes and tells you negative details about someone, even if you're a great person, naturally something will happen to your heart. You will develop this dislike in your heart towards that person. So the proper solution is just to avoid it. So the Prophet by example he's teaching us, he's telling his companions, look don't come and tell me disturbing things about each other, negative things about each other, because that will lead to hatred and I want to view my companions favorably. So he's teaching us in society, avoid hearing negative things about people because when you hear negative things, naturally you'll be inclined against them you'll develop this disliking towards them and that brings hatred in society and it leads to so many problems. Another aspect of the Prophet's personality is that he was always known to be shy. Abu Sa'id al-Khudari or al-Khidri, one of the companions of the Prophet, he narrates by saying, The Prophet was extremely shy. لا يسأل شيء إلا anything he'd be asked he'd give. He also says, The Prophet says the Prophet was uh, more shy than a girl who's protected in her family. This is an Arabic expression, right? A girl who's not married, she's shy, she doesn't really deal with people, she's really shy, she's protected in her house, in her room, she's known to be an example of shyness. He says the Prophet exhibited greater shyness than a girl like that. And the Prophet if he'd hate something he would never say it, he'd be too shy to say it. We could just tell from his facial features. Now we have two dimensions here when it comes about being shy. We have to make a distinction between personal matters and religious moral matters. When it came to personal matters, the Prophet was extremely shy. He'd really never ask anything for himself. If I have a need, I'm too shy, I don't ask it for myself. This is a sign of a believer. Or if someone asked for, for help, the Prophet would not turn him down. Or if the Prophet dislikes something, he has a different taste, he'd be too shy to reveal that because he was so polite. But when it comes to religious matters, when it comes to moral matters, no. When it comes to right and wrong, justice, injustice, no. The Prophet was never shy to say the truth. He was confident, he was strong. Now unfortunately some of us are the exact opposite. When it comes to our own issues, our interests and desires and what we want, we're very demanding. We demand people, we're bold, but when it comes to others and their rights, no, we're shy to demand for them and advocate for them. I've seen some people, when it comes to their needs, they quickly pursue them. They're willing to ask 10 people, but when you tell them, look, you can help this person, please. He's like, no, I'm really shy to ask this person. I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm asking others or I, I don't want to be in a position where others will have a favor on me. So when it comes to your personal needs, it's okay. Now when it comes to others, you don't. The Prophet was the exact opposite. For his personal needs, personal matters and affairs, he was extremely shy. But when it came to justice, when it came to helping the poor, when it came to religious matters, the Prophet 
would not be shy. The Prophet also had an organized schedule when it came to dividing his time. He would dedicate one time for Allah, worshipping Allah. And the Prophet remember that Salatul Layl, the midnight prayers were wajib on the Prophet. It was mandatory for him to observe it. The Prophet would engage sometimes a third of the night, half of the night, two thirds of the night worshipping Allah. Once one of his wives, once I believe according to the hadith Aisha, she told him, Ya Rasulullah, why are you worshipping God that much when Allah has forgiven you? You don't have any sins, Allah has forgiven you. He said, Afala akun abdan shakura. Should I not be a grateful servant to God? I want to be grateful to Allah. I want to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want to connect to Allah. Allah is the source of all goodness. I want to connect to Allah. I enjoy worshipping Allah. So the Prophet would divide a part of his time to God. The second part, he would divide it to his family. You have family obligations. Some of us unfortunately will go days without really spending quality time with our family. Business, work, 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 social life, friends but no time for family. The Prophet would actually make time for his family even though he was an extremely busy man. Number three, he would dedicate some time for himself and helping the people, spending some private time or helping the people. And then the Prophet would say the following, which is really, really amazing. The Prophet according to one hadith, this hadith is from Imam al Hussein alayhi salam. He says he would tell his companions, وَيَقُولْ لِيُبَلِّغَ الشَّاهِدُ الْغَائِبُ وَأَبْلِغُونِي فِي حَاجَةِ مَنْ لَا يَسْتَطِيعُ إِبْلَاغَ حَاجَتِهِ فَإِنَّهُ مَنْ أَبْلَغَ سُلْطَانًا حَاجَةَ مَنْ لَا يَسْتَطِيعُ إِبْلَاغَهَا إِيَّاهَا إِيَّاهَا ثَبَّتَ اللَّهُ قَدَمَيْهِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ the Prophet would not only help those around him, help his companions, you know what he would tell them? He would tell them there are people out there in society, they cannot convey their needs to me, they have needs, they need help, but they either don't have access to me, they live far, or they're shy to come to me, or for whatever reason they cannot come to me. Oh, you who are present here, inform those who are not here, inform everyone in my community, I am accessible. If you have a need, you don't need to directly come to me if you cannot. Send someone to tell me about your needs. Do we do that my dear brothers and sisters? Or we're the exact opposite, we run away. Sometimes if I know there's someone coming and he needs something from me, I disappear. I don't want to show myself. I quickly leave the place if I anticipate someone's coming and they have a need and they ask me for help. The Prophet was the exact opposite. The Prophet says, not only are you who are around me welcome to ask me for needs and if I can help you, I'll help you. No, even those who are not present, go and tell them. If they have a need, you convey it to me. Come back and tell me, Ya Rasulullah, there's a person in so and so part of the village, he needs help maybe I can help him. This is the 
akhlaq of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Then Al-Imam Al-Hussein alayhi salam says, يَدْخُلُونَ زُوَّارًا وَلَا يُفَرَّقُونَ إِلَّا عَنْ ذَوَاقُ وَيَخْرُجُونَ أَدِلَّةً فُقَهَا His companions, whenever they would be around the Prophet, they would come in groups visiting him. They'd never leave except the Prophet giving them some food. He was very generous. And they would leave having more knowledge, having a better understanding of life and religion. Fuqaha, people of understanding. The Prophet would take advantage of all those gatherings to give them knowledge. Then Ibn Abbas also states about the personal character of the Prophet. The Prophet, he'd always sit on the floor. At the time, rich people, aristocrats, they'd sit on chairs and tables. The Prophet, like slaves, would always sit on the floor. The slaves would eat on the floor. Those who were higher ranking, leaders, community leaders, no, they would eat on the table. The Prophet would not eat on the table. That's why today, my dear brothers and sisters, if you go to Qom, if you go to Najaf, you'll see the pious scholars, they eat on the floor. They say, we want to emulate the Prophet. By the way, when you eat on the floor, you feel more humble. Try it. Try it. It has an amazing impact. He would take the animal himself, whether it's a sheep or a camel, and tie it. If a slave invites you, would you accept their invitation? Even if you want to be polite, you know, thank you, no thanks, inshallah some other time. The Prophet would accept their invitation. If a poor person, a beggar, a slave tells him, Ya Rasulullah, let's have lunch together. I just have maybe a small part of a bread or one date, two dates. The Prophet says, I accept your invitation. If somebody invites you to a uh, you know, a miserable meal like that. Would you accept it? And the person is not your friend or family. Probably not. The Prophet would accept it. If a slave invites you, would you accept it? The Prophet would accept it. That's how humble he was. Ibn Mas'ud interestingly narrates that once a man came to see the Prophet, he started shaking. Like imagine you suddenly stand before a king. Have you seen some people? They're taken by that and they start shaking. The Prophet told him, Hawan alayk, in, in common English language, chill. <laughs> you know, be calm. I'm not a king that who's, who's frightening you. I am the son of a woman who would eat dry meat. See, the Arabs before Islam, sometimes they would get so poor. They would have to eat dried food because of starvation that would come. That's considered like the lowest type of food, like you're really poor. The Prophet's telling him, relax. My mother was a mother who would eat the, the cheapest food. Why are you scared standing in front of me? I'm not a king. See how the Prophet would comfort the people in an amazing way. Abu Dhar narrates one hadith. He says, we would sit with the Prophet having a discussion, then a stranger would come, he wanted to ask the Prophet an important question. He wouldn't know who the Prophet is. He couldn't tell. What does this description tell you? He wouldn't distinguish himself. If you would go in a circle, there's 15 people, 
you wouldn't know who the Prophet is by first look. Yes, maybe as, as, if, as you join the group, you could see he stands out in his akhlaq. But just physically looking at that, you couldn't tell who he is. He would not wear something that would make him outstanding. Like kings, right? Put a crown. Or he would not sit in that circle in a place where it would bring attention to him. He'd sit just like those who are sitting around him. Same circle, going with them in the same flow. So you couldn't really tell who the Prophet is if you did not know the Prophet. So Abu, Th Abu Dhar says we had a problem, strangers would come, they needed to ask the Prophet a question, they couldn't identify him, so he told him, Ya Rasulullah, please let's make a small seat for you, so people who have uh, important uh, questions, they can directly come to you, we don't confuse them every time, where's the Prophet, where's the Prophet? So he says we made a small little stand that the Prophet could sit on, so people could recognize him and ask their important questions.